Welcome to episode 538 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode three. Oh no, it's five hundred and thirty-eight. I did that last week as well, oh, didn't damn. I? You're losing that. I'm losing the plot over here, John. Of I am talking with Coach John Euston and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good, Bevan. Pretty good. Here, sharp haircut, mate. You got the what was it? Footballer's haircut. Footballer's haircut. Uh, well, how does that defined? Because uh, Beckham, very, had hundred different very haircuts. short back and sides. Very, it is pretty short back and sides and bit of length on top. Yeah, yeah. Haven't got the comb over going though. No. You know, there's no need for the come over yet. Isn't the no. come over a strategy? A strategy for what? Well, when you're starting to get a little bit Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, kind yeah, of tuck yeah. the comb over. Yeah. Some people have some pretty impressive comb overs. Mm. I saw a video once of this Asian guy, and he actually had no hair at all on top. Mm. But his comb over was so impressive, it looked like a young 15 year old haircut. Wind is not their friend. If you're a comb <laughs> Wind over is it. not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking is proudly brought to you by Athletics.com Social networking for endurance athletes Extreme endurance Galactic buffer And our patrons And they include these rock star people David Crazy Fire Haywood Cam Henson Magic Man He was the one we interviewed in, in Hawaii wasn't he? Yeah he should be called the Cursed Man He had a bit of bad <laughs> luck lately <laughs> Not the Magic Man the Cursed Man Yeah Andrew Too Smooth Mold mm, Okay um, we've got even Despicable Me Hmm Koyu, Koya, Koya, and Robert the Mighty Flynn. The Mighty Flynn. That was because I had a rugby mate who used to play, and his name was Flynn. Hmm. Called him the Mighty Flynn. Okay, guys, in this week's show, we've got some news. We've got an, have we got an age group of the week? We've got age groupers of the week. Age groupers. Of the, we've got a high five. Mm-hmm. How long has that been? It's been a while. I don't get many high fives nowadays. Uh, Coach's corner. What are, you, what are you doing there on? Just a little update on where I'm at. I'm, I'm starting to post as of this week. I'm posting. All my workouts that I do um, up on my coaching website and it's going to be up there all the way through to rope. But like I did in Kona, not quite as much detail. I'll be doing weekly posts rather than uh, daily posts. But uh, if you want to follow my progress to, to rope. Week one success. Week one was pretty, was, was okay, up and, but up and down. Maybe each week you should give yourself a percentage mark at the end of it. Mm. I need to give myself a percentage mark for performance and also... Attendance, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Attendance, okay. Attendance you give me a hard time about my Monday morning meeting, <laughs> and now you're going to do an attendance list. Well, I think that goes right back at you. Uh, my first try, we've got some questions and answers at the end, and uh, that's pretty much today's show. Just guys, we are releasing the latest um, Legends of Triathlon. I didn't actually couldn't make the interview, but and I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Oh, I told you to well, do that last d- night at 9.30. He texted me at like midnight. I'll make sure you listen to the Siri Lindley interview. I'm like, there's no chance of that happening. <laughs> Uh, so I did a good interview with Sue Lindley for about an hour last week. Um, great interview and probably could have talked to her for about three or four hours. There was lots of things I wanted to, to delve into um, and we covered quite a lot. But she's got her book coming out. You'll hear about that in the interview. It, was, oh, it came out in, uh, in Kona. So it's a, it's a good read and it gives you, you know, a little bit more insight into the, the Brett Sutton world, which I know a lot of people are always really interested in. Does she, um, does she, is it quite? Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's certainly not all about triathlon the book it's obviously a big her part of it story. is yeah. but it's you know it's her life story and the, and the rocky road that she she sort of went to get there a lot of confidence issues um but she i don't think she gets enough credit for she was amazing for about 
two to three years, she was not quite Gwen Jorgensen like. Yeah. But you go onto her ITU record, and it, it, she's on the podium, just every race just about and winning the majority of them and she and did win a world champs didn't she she did win a world Evening champs wasn't it? Uh, yes it was I think <laughs> there you go I think we discussed that one last hey, week hey I remembered I'm pretty happy with that but uh, yeah really really interesting because she was a lady that just came from age group athlete and just yeah, that's got what's stuck in about her story isn't and it and was, was, was and good. wasn't young either when she kind of peaked no and that's why you know, she sort of probably gave up while she, while she did but uh, very hard worker so we'll put that on, I'll put that on today, guys. So if you want to go listen to that after the show, go to legendsoftriathlon.com and it's all on there. And we will have an auction coming out for a Blue 70 Reaction wetsuit. So if you're, especially if you Kiwis, Aussies and athletes down under, uh, always goes for a great price. It's a great suit. It's their mid-range suit. So check that out and a good, great way for you to support the show plus get one of the best wetsuits in the world. Well, John, the, probably the biggest piece of news this week, other than outside of racing, is sadly Wildflower is going on hold. It is. Now, I, this is a victim, for those of you guys don't know about this race, but it's been on for many, many years. It's one of those real iconic... In uh, its day, it was one of the races, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, um, like you kind of had like, what, Nice, you had Alcatraz, you had Kona, hmm. you had, and Wildflower was one of the big events and it's quite interesting when you read the article on slow twitch so they kind of talk about the actual wildflower started off as a music festival in the in the 80s and they thought they'd chuck a triathlon in there first year i think they got 80 people next year maybe 100 people or something like that and then it was owned by the local council and the local council said well, this ain't a free thing you've got to make some money and, and it mm. built and built and built and to the point where 10 years ago they had six thousand seven thousand people racing across all the different races so and, and since then it's actually been in a bit of a decline Yes, yeah, so 1983 was when it was first held, as Bevan said, 86 um, contestants, and I, I believe it had really good money for, for quite a period of time, and you know, back in, the, we, we think, with our sport, back in the, even into the start of 2000, there wasn't that many races around, mm, mm. Uh, especially long course racing, so it was um, very, very popular, and it was one of those sort of Woodstock type events, as far as I and read to believe that you kind of had to go along and everybody was camping and you kind of yeah, all just old really school old school yeah. so but in a cool way um but the part of the reason one of the big reasons it's been in decline lately is uh the lake they had it in basically dried up and is a, is a desert now and i remember the last couple of years they've moved it to, to a different lake and you swam and then you ran and i can't remember exactly how far the run was and that then was you did decent. the bike and then you did uh did you run so let's say for example it might have been about 5k it was it was, yeah, oh it was, wow! It was, so it was really it, decent. It was it was reasonable. Uh, so that might have taken away the popularity, but I also do think that um, whilst the the climatic changes would have had a big impact on participants who really just wanted to do a triathlon, you know, you are battling the the WTC brand over there in the states, and I think that would have um, would have exacerbated the problem somewhat. So sad to see that one on hold because it is a uh, is an iconic event. Well, the question they are saying it's on hold, so the idea is that maybe they could come back, um, but also triathlon California is not providing any triathlon events moving forward next year, which is pretty interesting. They used to put on quite a bit in terms of that, and, and I think it was like maybe the Malibu Triathlon or, or a bunch of other ones. And the Scott Tinley's Triathlon. Mm. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, but it, fingers crossed it can come back, but at the same time, it's fascinating in 10 years how much of a decline it can have. Mm. You know, like, because 
again, 10 years ago, we were, this was one of the big events, wasn't it? Absolutely. And we get an amazing pro field. You get Terence Obotzoni's yeah. won it a bunch of times, and I remember him racing against uh, Simon Lessing there. So it was a, uh, yeah, it drew a pretty strong field. Okay. Sad. Hopefully it comes back. Okay, so the big race we had over the weekend was the Island House Triathlon. And I suppose the question that has to be asked, John, is, is who's the race for? Like, I know it's for the pros, but like, it's, it's a bit of an odd event in some ways, isn't it? I totally agree. So it's it's a cool format. Oh, I like, it's an amazing I like race. Yeah. So on day one, they do the professionals do a individual time trial across all three disciplines over a sprint distance. So 750 swim, 20k bike, and 5k run. Uh, they had a few of the ITU rock stars there. They had guys like um, Mario Mola and Richard Murray, and those dudes were spanking out um, sort of mid to low 15 minutes for the 5k. So yep. it's really cool to be able to see what these guys can do smash it out and they're smashing it um granted they're probably all pretty out of shape and it's the end of the season and they're whilst all these athletes when they go <clears throat> they'll be there to race and they'll race as hard as they can but they're not in peak but they? it's not the world championship no. you don't have that extra edge but it's kind of cool to see what people can run for 5k uh and then the second day they do quite a cool format an enduro race which is obviously designed to try to split things up a bit so they're not all just riding around as a pack so they swim 750 meters Wait a second, what's the gaps in the time trials like what do you know what the gap between the races were no i don't but i, th I think it's pretty much an individual test so you can probably still see people out there but uh no but like with the no but like is it did they do continuous swim bike run or did they swim stop no, they swam stop bike stop and, and ran, how long stop. between each event do you have an idea of that no i don't huh. you interesting to see how much time they give them so day two professionals do 750 swim they run 5k to break things up a bit more then they bike 40ks swim another 750 and run 5k so cool format in terms of trying to to break things up and and uh and spice it up a little bit as well and alongside all this they also this year had a fittest ceo challenge as well not sure how popular it was and then on day three only the top 10 go through to the sort of the the money round and then they do a 750 swim 20k bike 5k run but it was done in a pursuit format based on the general classification so time. who has the current lead leaves mm. first and everyone's chasing mm. them down which is kind of cool but uh, you know obviously in tour de france and things like that they do it reverse order yeah so, so you're chasing so, um so you don't yeah it's um yeah. Although I think it worked because when you when you read how the race panned out, the people who took off first, you know, like it, it was sort you're of exciting finish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So and and you do you all know exactly where you're at. So and the winner is the cumulative time of all the uh, all the three events. So yeah, it was um, looked like a, a good event. We when we, when I spoke to Luke McKenzie over in Kona uh, after his race, it didn't actually go to plan. So Luke McKenzie and and his wife, I think, are really the the drivers behind this event. Uh, there was concern that it wasn't going to to happen because they'd had those um, hurricanes Storms, come yeah. through, um, but it did, and they got some some great quality athletes there you know the itu athletes very much dominated the dojo um and you had richard murray take it out so their total time across all three days was three hours 55 cameron die came back pretty strong on the third day and uh i think was leading off the bike was 336 so he was about uh, 30 seconds down and then aaron royal came through and just uh took out terenzo bozzoni and to take out third place um with a good strong run on the last um, by six seconds six seconds so yeah. terenzo bozzoni was uh, the best of the sort of you know medium to long course athletes uh sebastian Kingley was down ninth. Lionel Sanders managed to scrape into the the top ten showdown, um, but most of the other uh, ITU, uh, 
WTC long course dudes uh, struggled a bit and then on the girls side of things we had Gwen Jorgensen only took it out by 18 seconds she did get uh, she did have to do it all on the final run Flora yeah. Duffy and Holly, Holly Lawrence managed to spank it out and, and get a bit of a lead on her because Gwen was in the lead at, day t- at the end of day two wasn't she, she and, was. and Flora got about 30 seconds on the bike mm. I think at the end of the, the of the bike leg of day three and then Gwen managed to run her down and take it out um, so some good, some good racing, as you said. It's a bit of an odd time of the the season to be to be doing this sort of stuff because everybody's kind of done and dusted with their season. I mean, Keenlay's had a pretty busy end of the year. He he went um, where did he go? He went to Kona and then he went and did uh, the exterior in Maui and then then he's doing this. So I'd imagine yeah, getting ninth is actually a pretty good result for him. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if they treat it as a week long holiday. Like, I wonder if the athletes absolutely so are they there for a week? Is it like I'm not quite sure. I bet they. Yeah, they yeah, they, they were looked after. But this island house is looks pretty damn swanky. Uh, so I think you know, even if you don't get a payday, you're obviously going to be there for free, getting looked after very nicely. Yeah. Uh, and it's a lot of the people racing are couples. So you know, you got Rennie and uh, Tim O'Donnell there, yeah. and uh, and and just loads loads of different couples. So. Cool idea, cool format, timing at this stage of the year. Mm, yeah, it's it's great. It's getting good coverage. I suppose the year. question is, when else can you put it in? Exactly. Yeah, because ITU season ain't it ain't going to happen. No. Leading up to Kona, it's not going to happen. Mm. So it's it's a bit unfortunate because it would be better if the uh, you know the Ironman athletes could be a bit more conditioned. Good money though, you know, sixty thousand. I think it was five hundred thousand dollars. Million all up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sixty thousand dollars US for the win. So it's pretty. Uh, Pretty decent payday, so uh, Bevan, you often ask who's 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 the person who might come through um, from the ITU and, and yeah. what have you. It's actually Ho- a thing Holly, La- Holly Lawrence is, um, I mean, she won the seventy point three world champs, and that dude, that chicken, well, not that dude, that, that, that dude, girl, that chick, that chick, <laughs> she can ride, man, and she's uh, she, she's she could be one that potentially could step up, and yeah, could be somebody who might be able to challenge Daniela Reef. So good impressive. to see, yeah. Good to see. Of the athletes that uh, didn't do so good over there, um, you had uh, Leander Cave over there, Marinda Carfrey, both of them finished in 15th and 16th place on, on day one. On the, the, the guys' side of things, uh, Tim Reed was over there as well, didn't get through to the final round. Andreas Dreitz looked like he had a nightmare on the I first day. Tim Reed day. would have, eh? Uh, yeah, I mean... Because he didn't race Kona. He did, but he didn't. Oh, uh, did, he, did he race, did he? I thought he pulled out. Yeah, he pulled out. Yeah. He didn't. He did. He did uh, yeah. turn okay. up. Yep. Uh, Tim O'Donnell was there. Um, ben Hoffman was there. He also did the exterior and uh, and came on. So pretty tough racing. Good money, but yeah, tricky time of the season. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm in Los Cabos. So we we got the. There's no pros here, but we got an email through from good old the Hawk Mike Threadgold, and he's just saying that in case you you, you cover I'm in Cabo. He's put this weekend. Uh, I had some friends there, and my guess this will be the last year. There are only 350 in the full, and 305 530 in the half. The half was a pro race, but no pros in the full. It sounded like it wasn't well marshaled. Sign with lots of people missing turns on the bike and the run. So. It sounded like absolute carnage out there. From I, I know three people that raced, and uh, and the times are indicating it was a rough day at the office. So we had a guy called uh, Luis Fernando Fernando Pelcastre 
Rabinel um, <laughs> from Mexico take it out in 9.45 from Marcus Ganser in 9.45 wow 9.57 and Brian Melanat in third in, in 9.58 so only three I mean these will be really good age groupers only three yeah. age groupers managed to break the 10 hour barrier so that's sort of indicating that it's a pretty tough day at the office and you know remember, you know Shannon Profit she came on yeah, 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 she yeah, was yeah. Uh, leading off the leading off the bike overall yep. she's a good strong swimmer and swimmer biker um run didn't quite go to plan mm. uh so it's what some, happened yeah samantha mazer took it out in 10 58 oh. second was jackie crosby 11 20 and third was Innes wong diaz in 10 11 21 so only one girl under 11 hours so i think that really indicates it was a rough day at the office so can we we pretty much predict it's not going to be there next year based on those numbers for you know Hard to say. You would think that they would uh, would struggle with that with that sort of numbers. I mean, it's still for if this wasn't a WTC race, you'd go okay. Yeah, but they have pulled the plug on races. Yeah. You know, they have this sort of kind of number. It's, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. Maybe it just turns into half next year. Hmm. You know, Five thirty for a half. If you took away the pro, the long course guys, maybe you'd get a few more people in the half. Hmm. I, th- I think you probably see some Just Mike also mentioned that if you do want to cover seventy point three, uh, had a decent profile. Unfortunately, this one got cancelled because of dense fog. That wasn't there though. That was no, it's in Austin. That was in Austin. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Hmm. The old, old fogs, the old Mr. River. <laughs> okay, we've got Ironman Florida coming up again. It's another age group race only. So good, fast race for you age groupers to go out there and spank it. Uh, yeah, we should. Interesting to see how fast the age groupers go. Whether we'll see any sort of eight thirties or anything like that. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. You probably would, wouldn't you, in Florida? Uh, maybe eight forty-five, eight thirties, pushing it out there a bit. Okay. It's, okay. That's your prediction. Eight forty-five for the for the first person. I'm going to go eight forty-three. I'm going to say eight thirty-seven. Eight thirty-seven. Yeah. And the girls' side of things will go with nine twenty nine nine nineteen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, son of a gun. Okay. Dawson did a great article on TryRating.com this week, and he was looking at the Ironman live coverage of Kona, and he's just kind of trying to statistically get an idea of what it was and just kind of share some of his own thoughts around it. Now, I'm not quite sure if he actually did this. I think he did. He watched 10 hours of coverage and broke down how the split of the coverage went. He kind of had five different categories. The men's race, the women's race, the split between the both, ads and other in the race. And uh, jeepers creepers, mate, that, well, that's an effort. I'd encourage you guys to go on to tryrating.com and check it out because it's, it's, it's a really good illustration of, you know, a lot of people felt that uh, the women don't get a fair, fair well, suck of the salve, Bevan. Suck of the salve. And Torsten's marvellous stats tell us that they don't really. So the, um, the ads, or, or not Oh, honest, no, but I think ads, it's, it's fair. Oh, yeah, it's fair. But the, the, it's not that far off the women's coverage. So oh, okay. So ads so represent, so other was 3%, and it's probably just random interviews. Uh, we've got ads took up 18%. Now, if you look at TV coverage, and ads a third of an hour, mm, so mm. it's actually less than TV coverage. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is sometimes they put ads on for like eight minutes. Mm. They could probably block it up a little bit more. But, but in saying that, as he says in this article here, they often still have the split, split screen. screen. So, mm. you know, it's actually, if that means you get free coverage, it's worth it. Split between both male and female was 9%. Women get 27% of the coverage, and men got 43% of the coverage. Mm. So it's there's a significant difference. Exactly. And one, you know, in the article, he was also talking about how often when they were showing the females race, they were still talking about the males race and mm. it didn't happen so much vice versa. So I, I do wonder 
if this would be different if you had a closer women's race because as I sort of mentioned mm, post, post race is it would be pretty easy for them to go between Frodo and Keenlay because they were they were really close mm. coming off coming off the bike and there was a big bike group of men and and as I, one of the cameramen mentioned to me he said you know the cam the 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 helicopter has to be directly over the camera mm. so if the camera is sitting on Daniela Reef you know they could just drop uh, or they, they couldn't just drop back to second third and fourth because they were just in a completely different postcode whereas they could easily do that in the men's race so. I'm, I'm sure the men would still get more coverage than the females, but that may be one of the reasons why, um, especially this year, the females' race was uh, not as well represented. But one thing I really love about this article is um, Torsten's gone on to give uh, some suggestions. You know, it's always good to be constructive with your feedback, not just saying, oh, it's absolutely shit. Yep. And, and, some, well, and he doesn't say it's absolutely shit. No, he just, but, you know. but, re but he's given some really good realistic suggestions you know we, we would love to have 20 cameras out there with all you know tour de france style coverage it's yep. just not going to happen but um go to go to the article on uh, tryrating.com check out some of the the suggestions he's got on there and um and he's also really positive about some of the stuff that, he, that they do so um, just a couple of quick course. points there I, I like from his article i like the fact that he kind of backed he kind of, he kind of just talked about um lovato and welsh and that and and just saying how for them he would much rather have the guys who are a bit more real you know, maybe not politically correct all of the time than the PC, and, and I kind of agree with that. You know, like mm. they might not be your cup of tea, but you know, they are what they are, and I, I think they do a pretty good job. Um, also, just the fact that it was really interesting this year, the promotion of the data was really lacking this year in comparison to last year. It was a big step back. It really was, and that was frustrating because the information was there. Yeah. Uh, well, that, and then the technology was there because it, it, how reliable it is, I don't know, and I've got a very small sample size, but you, what you could have done this year is you could get, um, what was the company? Uh, Quark, I think and, it was. And, and the pros had them. Yeah, but they, they weren't using any of it. So yeah, well, no, but the thing was, when we were in, I was in the media room, you know, when you went back to the mm. room, I was sitting next to, I can't remember who I was sitting next to, someone, and they had a website where they had all the pros on GPS. And so it was... and. You could get it, mm. but I don't know where he got, where they, like I was sitting next to him and I was, you could see the whole race panning out on the bike. Right. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I said, like, what's the site? And I couldn't, I couldn't get it off him for some reason. But, so it was there if you knew where to dig, but that should be on the ironmanlife.com. I don't know where to dig. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was able to go on to, I think it was Quark was doing it. I could be wrong there. But one of my athletes that was, was racing, I was one of the epic camp athletes that was racing. They were riding along and it had, you know, it was synced to their power meter, their heart rate monitor. Oh, so really? Riding along, and you could see all their data. All their data. What oh, they're riding cool along, going. He's riding at you know 240 watts. His heart rate is this. Now, I'm, not, I'm sure it wouldn't have been live, live, but no. it would have been. You know, it's you know, but it, it's good as. But it was uh, that was cool. And so it's interesting they took a step back from last year because mm. last year's coverage on the data mm. was way better. Mm. And it, I'm not quite sure why that happened because it doesn't seem like it was that hard. No, and you just and you can see where people are on the run course. You can see when people are drifting off the back. So I think my main piece of feedback for the coverage is they need someone like Torsten there because I, you know, I think Lovato and um, Welsh and that they do the best job that they can with the information they've got. But as Torsten pointed out, like we're sitting here watching it on our computers, and sometimes I think I've got more information than you have, and you're sitting there commentating, and it doesn't yeah. seem like there's anybody there helping you. Um, and the spotters, the, the spotters out there, are 
it doesn't seem they've got like they've got good spotter connection telling them the you know what's actually happening out there. So definitely could improve on it. But um, I think Torsten, have a have a read of this article on trirating.com. But it's interesting. There's no summary. female involved so much nowadays. Like back in the old days, they used to have a bit more of a female, and they did interview um, Liz Blatchford. Yeah, Liz Blatchford. So they brought them on a little bit, but there used to be a bit more of a dominant female. And the commentary team, and it seems to be something that faded this year. You had that Paul and you be afraid. Not was it Paul and you be afraid? Michaelly Jones. Kelly Jones. Yeah. At each other. Yeah, they always they, they were BFFs, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so room for improvement, and uh, at least get back to where you were last year. Okay, uh, Wada Sports Holding Company. It's, it's interesting. That's Wanda. Wanda is it? Wanda. Mm. That's how all the press releases come out these days. Iron Man. Wanda so is WTC still around? Don't know. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? What well, I don't know what the trading names and stuff are. Well, they don't, they don't promote themselves as that anymore, is no. it? It's, yeah, it's so the press release has always come out. Wanda, uh, Iron Man, a Wanda sports holding company, announced today the addition of Iron Man Emilia Romaga. Magna Triathlon. The inaugural race in Italy will take place on September 23rd, 2017. In addition to a 51.50 triathlon series event, will take place the day after. So, first Iron Distance race, Ironman branded race in uh, Italy, which is kind of I find Italy a bit odd in the triathlon sense that they don't do better and don't do more because well, you, when they're such a cycling place, aren't they? Yeah, strong cycling country. Um, it's pretty strong swimming country as well, and everybody kind of runs. Um, it kind of seems odd that it's yeah. not a, the, the, this hasn't happened before. Yeah, I and agree. The, the sport's not really going nuts over there. And all those people in Italy right now who maybe have been confronted with earthquakes. Bon yeah, hopefully you're fine. Hmm. Yeah, um, the IV stuff, John. It continues on. It turns out the IVs had a few drugs in them. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. But well, we've got substances that are banned in other races. So we well, don't. No, IVs, IVs are banned in terms of pre-race and stuff. So we had a few posts. We mentioned this last week. It was Ironman seventy point three that this company that does IV drips um, were involved, were taken out a slot at the the expo. And uh, good old Rob Moore, who he Rob Moore was actually uh, Rob, Gimme Gimme Gim Moore yeah. was actually the guy that I was was tracking in Kona. Oh. Who you you look at his power and pace and were you happy when you're watching him? Were you happy with his, what he was doing? Or he were you thinking, was, Rob, what are you doing? He was crushing it. He had, a, he had a pretty reasonable day, but he also commented about the drafting on um, on his race report. I interviewed him post the race, didn't I? I think uh, every man jack, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Hey boys, just turned into this week's podcast regarding the IV stuff. IVs are actually prohibited under WADA and. Ironman anti-doping, which made the IV tent at 70.3 even more ridiculous. <laughs> it requires a TUE, so that's your therapeutic, therapeutic oh, okay. use exemption if you get one. Ironman issued an apology for the incident and cut this vendor from the Athlete Village. Crazy that they allowed them there in the first place, considering the name of the company was Infuse IV. Uh, so good on Ironman for getting sorting out the situation mm. fairly hastily, but... I think Bit they're allowed weak. to be used at some of those um, adventure races, like the muddy, the tough mudder and stuff like right. that. And so that's where you know Wada probably tough mudder and aren't a part of that world. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably as a business why they probably thought they'd go to an Ironman. You know, Dan, Daniel Hopper also uh, sent us a note saying they are illegal under Wada rules except for medical needs, e.g. post race. And then uh, Ben. Salia gave me a bit of grief saying John deserves to be ranting at for not knowing that in accordance with WADA and regulations you need a TUE for IV you even need a TUE for a post-race infusion although this is classed as an emergency TUE and can be done retrospectively which is why 
Mirabeth uh, Ellis and Mirabeth Kessler have had TUEs in the past. Has John been violating the anti-doping code? Shocking. Every, you know what? Every time we're out here, guys, he's got to drop out. I'm like, <laughs> mate, take it out. We're doing a show here. He's like, nah, got to get, got to use these drugs to my advantage. I'm pretty. I, I, I will admit, Ben, that I am pretty naive. Ben. Uh, and oh, with drugs. Yeah, with. Oh, all stuff. I remember when we did wrote when we got wrote we, we got they wasted money testing us first of all. Yeah, and it would have cost them heaps. But they tested John and I and. I remember I was taking quinine sulfate, mm. which was the anti-cramping kind of stuff, and I and for the life of me, I couldn't figure out if it was illegal or not. Mm. And and I and I spent hours now. It might be better now because it's probably seven eight years ago. Stuff. Yeah, but mm. but jeepers creepers, to, f- f- it was hard work knowing what you should and shouldn't take. Mm. And I was, you know, obviously I didn't get done for drugs. <laughs> which yeah. Imagine if I had. Imagine <laughs> if I got done for drugs. <laughs> um, but uh, but. You know, like it's it's if everyone knows what you should and shouldn't do, mm. especially you, you. You know, what do you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so good news. I think that's the right call. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was an interesting thing. But it is, no, I, I mentioned this guy uh, to to a guy in my nutrition class last week. I said, oh yeah, this is I mean, giving give, potentially getting drips and stuff for a race. And he said. Oh yeah, I'd be a piece of that. You know, if it's not, if it's not, if, yeah, it was, yeah. if, it, if this wasn't uh, against the the WADA rules, I think there would be a lot of people. Oh, it'd be a good business, yeah, yeah. of course, because um, the price point was pretty reasonable. Mm. You know, like forty bucks. It, it's a kind of thing of because let's be honest, lots of supplements improve athletic performance, mm. and they're not illegal. So what's that line? Mm. You know, like you know, extreme endurance. People seem to love it. It seems mm. to really help people in their training. Mm. So it's it's performance enhancing, isn't it? Mm. So it's always a funny thing. Well, what's that line? Be, what is it? What's that? The, the, the milk one, the beef, beef milk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's all sorts of things. But yeah, everybody will jump on that. But yeah, where is that line? Yeah, where is that line, John? Where is the line? Where is the line? Okay, sponsor. Speaking Ex- of performance enhancing. Extreme Endurance Fuel 5 is now coming out in single serve packets if you want to keep things you know for, especially for when you're going out training and sometimes if you've got these you know different powders you're taking and you want to have them consistently through your long ride um, if you, you know you can only take so many bottles uh, so one way of doing that is oh, nice. is is to obviously have one really concentrated bottle and be mixing it up as you're on the on the on the fly um, but a slightly yeah, just as easy method as to take out single serves. So check out Extreme Endurance Fuel 5. It's a cutting-edge energy carbohydrate formula made up of five different forms of fuel, four different types of carbohydrates plus lactate. It's a proprietary blend of organic sweet potato, multidextrin, dextrose, lactate and sucrose and is designed to give the body its preferred substrate fuel enzyme to promote glycogen synthesis so check it out on xendurance.com remember the promo code imtalk10 and uh, as well as all the other cool extreme endurance products i've got out there the one that uh, is my personal favorite is just your standard extreme endurance pills and uh, they work like magic you can do magic mm. do, do, do. Who, sings, that, who sings that one i don't know who sings that babe google yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 Good song, dun. though. Is it ear supply? I've got no idea. I think I'm going to go ear supply. Mm. Okay, you. Okay, discussion of the week, John. I'm going to. When you're talking about something else later, I'm going to come back to that question. So we got so we got an email through from. Let me pull up my little notes here, John. But we got an email through from Steve Morris, just sent through last week, and it just said, "If triathlon was more of a mainstream sport, do you think that a performance like reefs would be questioned?" In many other sports, as soon as someone dominates in the way that she did at Kona, their performance is questioned. What do you guys think? 
I'm taking the head in the sand route along with guys like Andy Blaskiers. Uh, I'm going to continue living in my world of rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> it sucks that we even have to engage in this dialogue. I agree. Christopher, Christopher Dorian, leave this kind of discussion to the real Starkey. You guys are better than this. I agree. Uh, Phil Whitehead, pointless question. <laughs> Mike Cochran, I wouldn't go there. I'm okay, you guys. Well, let's 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 put a contrasting view out there, John. <laughs> I think Swanee Noah was. He goes. Oh, he's firing up! All <laughs> cynical people out there. He's got there's, there's also an arrogance in the. Oh, wait a second. Here, a couple of posts now. Where's oh, Swanee? Post? Gets fired up. He did get fired up. Richard Swan. Why shouldn't performance be questioned? Only now is Paula Radcliffe's world record in the women's marathon, which is so far ahead of anyone else, being questioned, especially in light of her mediocre performances at the Olympics, where testing was arguably stronger. It is only because there isn't a history of doping in Ironman that the Matesy Triathlon media, that there isn't these questions that aren't being asked. When, how's that one? Elmer's Ayana, uh, maybe? Smashed a girl's 10,000 metre record at the Olympics. The questions were immediately raised. Maybe the triathlon media should be bolder, bolder in their questioning. So he's got, and then he comes back later on. He's, he's, he's fired up, team. He's fired up. He's got, there's also an arrogance in the media that only Western European, or Eastern European and African countries dope. But certainly not any Western UK, Europe, uh, NZ, Oz, and especially outside of cycling. Look at the hysteria reaction to anyone who'd question whether Mo Farrow was clean or whether cy- uh, Sky Cycling Wiggins have acted in a clean, non-hypocritical manner. So he, he, he's gone the other route, John. There is a lot of cynics out there, and r- rightly so. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh there's a lot of drug cases in a lot of different sports, but in triathlon, we haven't had that many. We have had a few random ones. You know, Nina Kraft is a Kona winner who got busted, and uh, there's certainly been a bunch of others that uh, that have been busted, but you certainly wouldn't see it as, uh, as anything even remotely close to cycling and, uh, and athletics as well. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really want to do this discussion of the week. I kind of do like to. I don't know, like I don't, but I don't think it's below us to ask the question. No, but you know, like I think it's an important question to ask, isn't it? Because us media professionals. Well, yeah, but well, let's talk about what's happening in the media in triathlon. It's dying. You know, when we talk about what happened in Kona, like the traditional, we used to laugh at the guy who got up there and asked the question in a really thorough way, which was kind of partly about showing his knowledge. Mm. Well, this year at the media conference, no one asked any questions. Mm. You know, that's a concern for the sport. And, and I do think it's important that we have these kind of conversations because well, I don't think we was on the drugs, but it, it's important. But how we know? Like, we're, we're all very... Yeah, yeah, we're just putting good faith in people, aren't we? Mm. And in sport in the '80s, we put good faith in people, and now mm. 30 years later, we look and we kind of think they're all cheats, mm. you know. And so, uh, I hope that it's not the case, but I, don't, I, I think it's actually unwise of us, as not just as the media, but as triathletes and as a community, to think, no, this is a low conversation. Let's not have it. I think it's a conversation we should say, yep, should we be aware that there probably is drugs in our sport? Yeah, there probably is. Um, hopefully, it's not happening. And, and it, it's unfortunate. It's like when I watched the Olympics this time, I, I was a bit saddened by the fact that I kind of felt that I was I was scarred a little bit because I was thinking there's a lot of drugs in the sport. Yeah, I certainly don't look at triathlon that way at this stage, I don't think. Dominant performance, drugs. I just I do I do in other sports. Yeah, but but like, why luckily. don't you enjoy triathlon in other sports? Like I know bodybuilding and, and weightlifting, you're going to go, well, okay, come on, there's drugs in there, but... Um, Mainly, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's well. There's also, I think there's just not enough money in the sport yet. When, and when I look at some of the Olympic distance stuff, I do have some some questions there. It's becoming 
crazy, crazy fast. But if you win Kona, you're, it's a million dollars to you. It is, but the pathway to get there is often really difficult, and there's not a lot of money to get there. Once you got there, you're sweet. Yeah. But getting getting to that point... Um, but it's not that expensive to get drugs. Yeah, well, this, this is again where I'm pretty naive on this Yeah, stuff. yeah, same. It, so am I, but... It, it, I, I don't know how expensive it is, and... Um, and but of the pros that we talk to when we do bring up drug testing and granted we're talking about <clears throat> the, a lot of english speaking countries and in germany and so on they do seem to be getting tested uh, yeah. so you, you get some random athletes that you, they, they say oh, i haven't been tested at all but a lot of those top ones like daniela reef and that i'm and fredino and stuff i'm pretty sure they'll be getting tested fairly regularly yeah and, quite a, a lot. and and in fairness to reef and that like it's not like this is a one-off performance hmm. you know who was the one who got who was the german girl years ago who got who won the race and got banned nina craft nina craft because hmm. hers was a, she was a great athlete but that well, was she'd, a, she'd been building up but she wasn't that that pedigree yet mm. you know it was a bit of a step up whereas reef she's been around for a long and time. she's been killing it for a long time mm. you know so it's not like it's, it's a kind of bizarre performance but i actually think that no we shouldn't put our head in the sand about this one i think it's actually a bit unwise as a community just to say no let's not be let's not, it's a low conversation actually i think we're better off to say no we need to be aware of this and we need to probably just keep a bit of our ears open to you know, ears to the ground just so that we are seeing if it is happening because we do want to know if it is happening one of the things I get frustrated with is, is, is some people that um, give Brett Sutton the hard time and doing, oh, people have gone into that environment and they've come out and been champions. Because you look at Chrissy Wellington, yeah. um, Daniela Reef, lots of girls. Suri Lindley, who was actually on this week's uh, Legends show. Yep. And uh, I'm really convinced that that it's not drugs that they go in there and they find this oh magical. you think people associating with drugs people have made comments on this post that they have mm, um and <laughs> and uh i just think when you go into that environment the mindset change is mind-blowing you know suri lindley went in there and she was just blown out the back door for weeks and weeks just it was just a completely foreign environment and so it is it's just about brainwashing what goes on there and it just takes them to a whole nother level and uh and so i it frustrates me a little bit i just think that he is amazing yeah. yeah but it's it's not the, 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 the it's not about the training sessions they do that's part of it in terms of mental conditioning but just the the change in mindset that he gets out of people is uh is mind-blowing Mm. And that's the difference. It's not. It's not the, the workouts that they do. It's uh, the the mindset changes that he puts in them. So you've got some couple of points you've written down. I think that yeah. In terms of the if if we if we're gonna you know start poking sticks at people like Daniela Reef and Chrissy Wellington and all these dominant figures, I think it's a much bigger issue that we've got in um, in age group racing where there isn't any testing and and the, <clears throat> the types of personalities that we get. You know, there's some. You know, a lot of people in Kona are pretty highly strung, and I think there's a much greater problem in age group racing than there is in uh, in in pro racing, personally. So I think that's probably an area there that where they need to look at a bit bit more seriously. Yeah, but where's the resource to do that? Like exactly. it, was, it was interesting reading that about what happened in Rio with WADA and how they only 50% of the athletes got tested. And yeah, I'd like to read. I, I haven't read up a lot on that more. They, I, I saw that only a third of athletes were maybe tested but look i think when you you can't test every single person you can't test the no, the, the 500th person who's going to run you know 35 minutes for the 10k i'd much oh, rather no, if, if you read up on it, it's pretty poor mm. it was pretty poor but it, I, like, I, like i did read up on it it was pretty poor it I'm, was under resourced and um under resourced but i'm going to say i put my faith in wada to do the best job that they can with the resources they've got 
they haven't got obviously haven't got enough resources but um they're the experts mm. they did a poor job john they, they, they let themselves down <laughs> they pulled their pants down okay um this week's discussion if you could come up with an event to try and catapult catapult catapult, catapult triathlon what would be what would it be so basically john's thinking here we, we want to find an event that's actually going to take it into the mainstream so you know we've just had the island house try and we're kind of looking at going awesome cool concept is it quite right we've got the collins cup which sounds really cool which oh, yeah. we heard about in in kona and just before kona yeah, the collins cup is going to be owned by the pros is that what was it the theory behind it because no, i think it's going to be very strong input from them but there's going to be run by somebody else so but i thought it was a triathlon organization that's putting yeah, it together no um they've got someone else putting it together but they they're, oh, okay. they're basically i think they've maybe got a a working group or something like okay. that as far as I'm aware and then we had Challenge Bahrain a couple of years ago that was going to be a game changer as well so with, with massive money and stuff so you know if you had the opportunity to, to put on an event you know where, what, what, what sort of format would you do when would you do it as well and where would you do it well, and also how do you what well, <laughs> you haven't got a five gazillion dollar budget you know you think, think about realistically doing things you know think about the budget that they've probably got for island house race what they had for challenge bahrain how can you get the best bang for your mark buck where would you do it what format would you do it and what innovations would you bring okay here we go we're gonna we're gonna put some music on jumbo here we go Age Grouper of the week. week. Okay, Jombo, we actually haven't got someone who sent one through. We're actually just going to have a look at the top three uh, age groupers in 40 to 45 in Kona in 2016. And the top ones overall. So I thought we hadn't actually mentioned any age groupers no, from Kona. So oh. I thought we'd better have a bit of a look at that. So first age grouper overall this year in Kona was Lucas Kramer from Deutschland. He swam 54.30, rode five, uh, 4.53 and ran a 3.02 for an 8.55.24. Interesting where did they get him overall? I suppose they start different times. 35th. Um, okay. 35th overall. Interesting thing for me was, and this really highlights how much of an awesome performance Daniela Reeves was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he got well beaten by the first female, and that's in... in nine minutes. Nine minutes. Quite often, the first one or two age groupers are beating the um, some of the females. Uh, so, crushing race by Daniela Reef. Yeah. 35th overall. Um, then... Relatively close behind, you had Nathan Shearer from Australia, who I briefly interviewed after the show. He swam 58, rode 4.46 and ran 3.08 for an 8.58. And third, and lucky last for breaking the sub-nine-hour barrier, was Carlos Enza Caligo from Spain in 8.58.57. So only three blokes went under the... Uh, under the nine-hour barrier. John, now that's a bit slower than normal, isn't it? We normally get a few more than that, don't we? Again, which highlights the impressiveness of Daniela yeah. Reef to set a course Because normally record. we get guys in the, in the 40s, don't we? Well, yeah, and, and, and you know, when I did the race in 2014, I was sort of targeting 
nine hours flat. Now that was going to be a big ask, yeah. but I don't think it was totally unrealistic. So yeah, it was not the fastest day at the office for for the age group. John, there's been a there's been a, a fault in our in our recording system. Thirty third wasn't Michael Vice. I think I normally go thirty third pro though. Oh, do you? Yes, but they started at a different time. Still thirty third pro. Yeah, true. Yeah. So she become 30 Oh I suppose because it's based on time Okay yep fair yeah. enough Okay Fastest female was Svenja Tuis From Deutschland Again German domination She went 9.40.48 Swam 101 Spiked 5.20 And ran 3.13 That's a pretty what, was it, what was the total time? 9.40.48 Oh so Reef was an hour faster Nearly yeah. than a Yeah Than the age grouper And um, That's placed her 15th overall out of the females and then uh, so she went 940 and goodness pretty crushing victory 12 minutes Martina Kunz from CHE I guess that's uh, Switzerland she went 952 she swam 102 rode 516 and ran 327 and then our third female was Lucia Erat, from, also from Switzerland, in 9.58.46. So we had three girls, four girls under the 10-hour barrier on the, guys, the girls' side and three guys on the boys' side. Wow, and that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Bevan, I need a pause. You need a pause? My okay. computer laptop is about to die. Okay, here we go. And we are back, Jombo. Okay, what are we doing now? Also look to like it. Look at the 40 to 44 age groups. So if you're a 40 to 44, like me... Uh, you know, what would you have I'm to not, do? I'm, I'm the, yeah, I'm the age group younger. Yeah. Uh, what would you have to do to, do, to get yourself a, uh, a podium result over there? So if we look at the podium on the Fort girls' side of things, 1028 would have got you fifth onto the podium or the, the Kona podium. I don't like the Kona podium. I like top three, but you play by their rules. Fifth place would have got you if, um, 1028. Swam 101, rode 538 and ran 340. Uh, and then there was only... Only nine minutes to first place. So first place in, in that age group, Australian Rosie Mago. She swam one hour, rode five twenty eight, and ran three forty three for a ten nineteen forty six. And if you kind of scan down, you're kind of wondering what mid table is. Well, bot bottom of the table in the in that age group. So you had a hundred and four finishes, three DNFs in that age group. That's pretty low DNF rate. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It wasn't a big low a DNF day, but was it? It wasn't because I think yeah. Well, a lot of people thought it was it was a fairly challenging. Yeah, but that's challenging it. everyone conditions. says that every year. They do yeah, every year. Even yeah. when the funniest one is when it's been a stupidly fast year. Everyone goes, "Oh, it's a tough year this year." <laughs> yeah, mate, you popped out of sub nine. You're yeah. dreaming. <laughs> so we had a couple of a uh, couple of athletes in the 16 hour range, a few in the 15. But if there's 104 in the age group and you want to go somewhere in the middle to be mid mid table in the 40 to 44, Julie Martins from Canada was 52nd place in 11 hours and 25 minutes and 9 seconds. If she'd gone 8 seconds quicker, she would have got a place. If she'd gone 10 seconds slower, she would have lost a place. Oh, there you go. And if I was over there, I mean, I obviously would have won the age group uh, by 15 minutes. I think you probably would have won the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. For, you, know, you would have passed the pros even with the time gap. Exactly. 
Uh, Daniel Stablitsky, who wins the age group pretty much every year, took it out in 9.03.25. He was 42nd overall, swam an hour, rode 4.46 and ran 3.10. Uh, second place dude ran 3 hours and 49 seconds. Pretty impressive run time. Yeah, nice. And then Sam Guide, who quite often wins the age group as well, he was, uh, he was third in 9 hours, 10 minutes. So for me to get on the podium, I would have had to go 9 hours and 14 minutes and 12 seconds. Hmm. Okay. Certainly not unattainable, but it requires a pretty good day at the office. What, what's the oldest age group? What do they do? Let's have a look. Oldest age group. They've got 90 plus on here. Was it in the 80s? Let's have a look. In the 80s, Jan Fredino was in there. Good. It's good to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not giving me the 80s, so they must have been in the 80s. Let's look at 79. Okay, here we go, 79. Okay. Wow. Okay, John. So, wrote, uh, I'm going to say, Retardanio, Retondanio. Yeah. Um, Venezuela. Yeah. He did 13, 18, 75 to 79. Mm, impressive. That is impressive, man. Swam 118, rode a 6.54 and ran a 4.53. At the age of seventy-five to seventy-nine, and that's the thing—the fast guys, the old guys are getting faster, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Because back in the day, when we turn up, you get two or three for older guys. Now, admittedly, the DNF rate in this in this category is not that great. They need to sharpen up these older yeah. buggers because half the field didn't finish. It's not yeah. good enough. But at the same time, back in the day, the, the old guys would turn up, and there would be you know sixteen to seventeen hours, and that was an, a massive achievement. Mm. Whereas we had. Two guys going to 14 hours and one guy going to 15 hours. Mm. Brian Boyle from New Zealand. Yep, consistent podiumer. He's won the age group before. That's pretty impressive. Mm. Yeah, so well done. So you guys are our age groupers of the week. Good work. Okay, Jumbo, what's up next? We've got Statstastic. It's fantastic. fantastic. I don't think you, I think you've been unfair in how you've termed this. Really? Because he's got Greg Welsh pisses John off by not acknowledging him again at Rote. Again. But I don't think it's Greg Welsh. I think it's a policy now. Wouldn't be surprised whoever, whether it's Greg Welsh or the policy, I'm pissed off about it. It's a, it's a policy because it was so obvious in Kona mm. that anyone who was talking about WTC didn't acknowledge any other racing in the world. That's my one regret about this year. I should have asked a question to Jan Fredino. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Should have said, you know. Because even Jan Fredino wasn't allowed. He, and, he, and he would say the race I'm not allowed to mention. Mm. That, that was the term he used a lot. I should have asked him myself when I interviewed him. Well, no, that's what I, I wanted to, uh, uh, in hindsight, I didn't think of at the time, saying, you know, can you contrast your challenge rope performance or just say rope performance with today in terms of how you felt or, or some, yeah. something along those lines. I think it would have been a really good question. Didn't ask it. Damn it. Although uh, he said he had a crap day that day. Yeah. In Kona this year, he said he had a crap yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. But it still would have been interesting to see you know, get a bit of comment on how he felt and wrote whether he was on fire. <clears throat> and A, whether that question would have got shot down by Greg Welsh uh, or not. I don't think but they would have shot him. Yeah, well, that would have been interesting. You should have. Because that would have been the only question they got asked, John. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> um, the reason I got annoyed, I was watching the 70.3 coverage from Sunshine Coast when I was on the train the other day. And uh, it was yeah, it was good. Yeah, well done on them lifting their socks, WTC, because they did drop the coverage um, a couple of years ago. But it's good coverage, very well, this much. This is the world champs. Yep, Kona style coverage, and they had Greg Welsh and Michael Lovato there. I uh, haven't finished watching all of it, but I was on the uh, watching the the bike part, and just one comment just stung me, Bevan. He he was talking about um, 
Brent McMahon and he said oh Brent McMahon he had a fantastic race earlier this year at Ironman Brazil and uh, it was only a few seconds off setting a new world record time for Ironman distance um, nearly beating Marino van Holnacker's record from uh, Ironman Austria I thought, God, that's pathetic that you're even saying that. So, it, so I thought, I'm just going to check those records out. And so, so you went to try247.com. John Levison does a great job there. He keeps an updated list of the sub, you know, sub eight performances for the guys and sub nine performances for the for the girls. So Marino van Honecker's time in, in uh, at Klagenfurt is actually 7:45:49. And Brent McMahon, I'm not taking anything away from his performance at uh, yeah. at Brazil. Awesome, went 7:46. 10 um, and it is only 20 seconds behind Marino's time which just pissed me off they said that's nearly a world record because so in their world Marino Van Holnicke is the fastest Ironman of all time which is 7.45 and Andreas Reilert's been 7.41 and Jan Fredino's been 7.35 so Greg Welsh I think he does a great job good commentator I don't think it's Welsh's fault like in fairness I I think it's unfair to point the finger at Welsh he's told to say this They've made a policy to not acknowledge challenge exists. Fair enough that they don't acknowledge that it doesn't exist by, but by actually saying that there's another world record is that's just pathetic, and it it doesn't look good for Greg Welsh. Well, the problem is it's that kind of two audiences, isn't it? We laugh and think they just look stupid. Mm. Joe Public thinks, oh wow, this this guy's two seconds off the world record, mm. and, and it's unfortunate really because it's it hurts it it it's wrong. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, we know that Klagenfurt's not, you know, we know none of these are IAAF certified courses. We know that it's not accurate there. We know that Rote's not 100% accurate. That's that's not the point. No, no, no. Uh, Sharpen up, WADA. Wanda. Yeah. Wanda. And just, Wanda. For, just, just, for Wanda. Your, just for people's reference, the fastest Ironman time is by Chrissy Wellington, and that is uh, 8.33 as opposed to what she's done in Rote, which is 8.18. I wonder what the okay. Someone find us out for us. Someone do some work because we can't be bothered. <laughs> but what would have been the punishment for Frodo if he didn't talk about challenge? Because he was very clear. Like they were told, don't say challenge. I I I would almost put your life on it. Because <laughs> mm. uh, every time he would go, the race I'm not allowed to mention. He would say that exact term. You know. And he only said it once, though, didn't he? No, he said it about three or four times. Okay. Yeah. Even I think in the post race, he said it. Mm. So it was. It definitely happened a couple of times. So it wasn't just a once off. Oh, the, uh, the, granted, I wasn't at the pre race conference. Yeah, you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. I was off doing other stuff. Yeah. Well, we don't get some Saving toy. lives. <laughs> of course you were. Um, so I wonder what, if he'd done it, if he just said challenge, if he just said, oh, yeah, I did challenge rope. You know, like I wonder what, what, you know, if they're not allowed to say it, what's the punishment? Mm. And is there a punishment? And if there is. That's really sad. Mm. It's it's a bit. I don't know. Sharpen up. Mm. Wonder. Mm. Is it Wonder? Wonder. Wonder. Sports mm. company. Something like that. Yeah. Just yeah. Threw the, I threw the pin, John. Yeah. Just so you know. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. One, two, three, four. High five. High five. Okay, we got a great email through from good old Nick Hitch. Pocock, yes. and he's just basically saying uh, he's doing triple team in in America, and this mm. is a race that John has always wanted to do. Mm. He gets a bit excited. It's a great format. Great format. Tell us about the format, John. Come on, oh, here you go. So it's three. It's basically doing an Ironman over three distant, over three different days, and I do notice that next year they've actually uh, spiced it up as well. They're adding a half distance race, so instead of doing you know 
basically doing an Ironman over a weekend, you're doing a, doing half over a weekend. So similar concept, but just half the distances. Mm. Okay. So you start off on the, the Friday, you do sort of a super sprint um, prologue where you swim 250, bike 6K, run one mile, just to kind of spice things up and get your positions all sorted out. And then Saturday you do, a, in the morning you do an Olympic where you swim 1500, bike 40Ks and run, uh, run your 10Ks. They also have now have the sprint option there. And then in the afternoon you do another Olympic in a different format where you do the bike first, the swim, and then a run. And then on the Sunday you do a half Ironman. Um, and so, yeah, and all those distances now they have a half option as well. So uh, I just think it's, it's, it's a cool format. And uh, from the people that I've coached or spoken that have done done the race before, and we interviewed the race director, the really um, really cool event, uh, challenging this particular one in, in the states, um, but just a, a good vibe over there. You wear all the same uniform as well, and you can choose to do it as a, a team of two, or you can do do it as a solo. So I really like the format, and it's been popular. And uh, I think a lot of people do it as a preparation event in terms of getting yourself ready for, yep. the, for the season or it's for the like race. kind of a long training weekend, really, isn't it, with yes. some intensity? So it's in June. Uh, um, but, you know, some people want to know if I was actually going to, well, this is Nick's question, if I was going to prepare specifically for this event, you know, how would you actually go about doing your training? So I thought, we'll turn this into a uh, little bit of a high five. And whilst I've, I've coached people that have done it, I haven't actually coached anybody to do it as their peak performance for the season but if I was going to be doing it this would be this would be how I'd do it so number one I would pr predominantly train like you would for for a half Ironman race so I know it's an Ironman distance over over the weekend but I would predominantly treat it as half Ironman training and do you know like a standard sort of six, 16 week build up um, around that but there would be a few th ways that I would actually spice this up to get myself ready specifically so number two one of the things I would do, I would do plenty of running races and uh, and have a fairly full-on race build-up leading into it, mainly just harden up your legs uh, for for the racing because yeah, like a mile sprint on day one, that's, yeah, that's boom. and you've got to have your legs ready to be able to back it up um, day after day. So I would do a fair amount of racing. I'd do a fair amount of um, running racing. For for me specifically, you know, I suffer reasonably from from doms and so that racing just hardens those legs up and I'd also make sure say for example I'd go out and if I was going to go and do a, a 10k running race on a Saturday I'd make sure that I would do a bike straight after that and not just an easy recovery spin it would actually be going out there and doing a, a reasonable effort bike so that would be number two uh, number three, I think would be really crucial as well, is to do some simulations on sore legs. So, for example, again, you might do that 10k race on a, on a Saturday morning, go out and do a bike ride straight afterwards, and then on the Sunday, go out and do like a bit of bit of half Ironman pace simulations. So you might go and do an Olympic at approximately half Ironman race. So you need to get your body and your head ready to be pushing when your legs are in a not just a fatigue state, but also potentially a bit of a sore state as well. Uh, I think over uh, number number four, um, I actually put some nutrition in here, but I actually meant to transitions. I would spend a lot of time, not a lot, but a good amount of time getting your transitions sorted out because you got one, two, three, four, four races. You know, that's, uh, what's that? Gonna be 12, 12 mm. transitions. And to be honest, how many people practice transition? Yeah, 
Like how, how often do people practice transitions? 12 transitions. You practice those. You might save a minute in each transition. 12 minutes is quite a bit to save <laughs> in a race. So yep. I think that'd be an area where a lot of people would um, ignore and you can make some big gains. And especially in this event, on the day two, where you're going from bike to swim, being able to get your wetsuit on quickly would be a massive advantage. Oh, yeah. Um, in this particular event, you do need a wetsuit. It sounds like it's pretty frigid when you get into that uh, get into that water. And then number five, specifically if you're doing this American Triple T, uh, I don't know if there's any other races like this format anywhere else in the world, um, but I would make sure that I do plenty of um, FTP work and specific hill work because it is a very up and down course. And so just going out there and doing your standard sort of <coughs> Steady Ironman efforts or half Ironman efforts isn't going to cut the mustard because your variability index is going to be pretty high. And what I mean by that is there's going to be a lot of um, you know a lot of spikes in your effort as you're going through the both the bike and the run. So there's a little high five on how I would get myself ready for a you know, triple T if you were specifically preparing for that race. If you were going to do it as part of your build-up, I still encourage you to do some of that stuff because you still want to perform as well as you like, but it might just be part of the part of the pathway to getting to an Ironman race later in the season. Yeah, good times, okay. Well, good luck for the race. Yes. Yeah, it's better than everyone in this part of the world. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> like in Australia, you think, you know, because all types of races happen over there, it'd be kind of cool to put on a triple T somewhere there. Because mm. hey. when we started this conversation, I was <coughs> thinking, if I were to start an event that was going to appeal to all the triathletes in New Zealand. Because one of the problems is, you know, when you're starting an event is, well, you want to get your hardcore Harrys along because that's going to be your mm. base and then you want to appeal to a market outside of that. And I was thinking, well, if you were to think about, if I was just trying to get a, put on a race that uh, I'm really just trying to target, it brings all the bloody zombies out of the roost, if you know what I mean, when mm. we look at triathletes. And so... What would that event be? And it's kind of—I was just kind of chucking that in my head as you were kind of talking there. And something like a, th- a couple-day event over a long weekend, yeah. where it's lots of cool, kind of fun stuff, where triathletes—you know—and you wouldn't do it the same thing every year because otherwise they only come back once, you know. But you know, something like that in Australia, you think would be kind of cool. We have a massively successful event over here called the Spring Challenge, yeah. and um, it's For a females f- only, yeah. females event. But they—they they do that as teams racing, though. So you have a team of. Three, I think it is, and they go off different locations all around the country every every year, and it's a um, and you have a like a three, a six, a nine, and maybe a twelve hour challenge. Yep. So again, you're covering a big base there. For I know some people have done it who have not been particularly fit who've gone and done the three hour challenge, but you still with three mates, and it's kind of more like a three hours of exercise yeah. rather than a hardcore race. But they do um, some rafting, they do some mountain biking, and some running or hiking, and that's massively popular. So it'd be quite cool to see some team-based events coming into the sport. Um, yeah, you know, you obviously need people of pretty similar ability, but you know that's perhaps why the the Urtula, the, the swim run races, are, are seeming to be quite popular. So, Is that know, what they call it, the Urtula? Okay. Mm. Um, ask John Hancock about yeah, yeah, about apparently it. he's a fan uh, but like you know say me you Phil and Murray going yeah. and doing a race together be the would, be, uh, <laughs> yeah, would be you'd be pulling me through boys but you'd have to you know be, be strategic about it you know some weaker swimmers and you know some stronger bikers and oh, stuff and it'd be so. fun because it's kind of that connection stuff and you know yeah yeah something like a triple T around that okay anyway good stuff you want to put some music on John here we go
Coach's Corner. Okay, so he signed up for Rote. He's, he's pretty excited. He told Belinda it's going to be years before I do another Ironman. 18 months later, he's doing one. Oh, so, 2014 to 2000 and what's next year? 17? Okay, but three years. Three years. Three years. I think you were thinking more five, ten years. I think you were thinking, I think you promoted it post Kona when the kids have left school. Oh. They're, they're not even at high school yet. But yeah. hey, that's okay. And he likes to put it out there. You, you've been t- talking it up like, like you'd be able to go sub nine. And I'm thinking, I think I can go sub nine on a really good day. But you think it's like just a walk in the park. I think it's a walk in the park for someone like John Newsom. So John Newsom, I've changed the run course. It's just got a lot harder, significantly Oh, so the harder. run course is way harder, is it? So oh, that's a pity. So will it lose its speed? Absolutely. Oh, that's a pity. So challenge... Uh, I think it's a cool run course, but it's a pity about the speed factor. So challenge rope, one of the reasons why it's so fast over there, uh, so the swim is in a canal so it's always calm and you get a bit of a whirlpool effect which is cool the bike you know we talked about that before smooth roads really short uh, fairly short up steep uphills but long gradual downhills so you can keep a really high average speed but one of the key things on the run that made the run fast was you ran, run along the canal for uh, you probably got a good 15 to 20k if yeah. the run is on the canal and it's on this hard packed shingle which is really nice to run on so it's less demanding on the body less demanding on your body and that's the main thing and that allows you it's no slower but it also preserves your legs for later so you can on fight the run. For longer. so and that was one of the big reasons why why it was was a lot faster the downside of it was a bit lonely a bit lonely out there yeah. a bit like being on the um which is the often the case in Ironman but the thing about Rote is that it's a, it's a spectator event isn't it you mm. know like it's an awesome race to be at and from spectators <laughs> they, couldn't, they could come in at a few different points I really enjoyed the run I thought it was great yeah. you had this long straight and you could just get into your zone and it's just you can lock onto a pace uh, it did, did get pretty hot down there but what they've done they've listened to the feedback of the, the participants and they've actually changed the course now so it's kind of going to be it's a two lap course you kind of go 5k out five or six k out to the sort of where the canal is yep. and then you kind of come back and you pass transition and then kind of go 5k the other way so it's going to be really advantageous for getting more engagement with the spectators and so that's going to be a really cool aspect and you're kind of going to two different villages so i think the new course is really cool and oh, i like yeah. what they've done but you might but lose it's going to be speed. significantly slower it'll be interesting to see but like do you think for a top pro it's going to make me any slower well i think there's two two things going to go on there's one is the preservation of your legs is going to be a lot harder because of the you, you yep, know you're going concrete. to I'm, I'm pretty sure i mean i don't I, f- I think you're going to be running on pavements the whole way um, as opposed to that soft surface some of it looked like it going through the forest so there might be some some off-road stuff not sure but the other part is the accuracy might be improved a little bit now. As oh, well. okay. Oh, so do you think the run was short? The run was definitely a little bit short, and and the, the same applied to to Austria and stuff. So yeah. of the of the GPS files that I've seen, you know, it's maybe about five hundred meters short, and you go, oh, that's not that much. But, yeah, but five hundred meters is even few minutes. for for a top athletes two two or three minutes. Mm. Um, so for a slower athlete, you know, it might be five or six minutes. So I think this could have as much. As sort of five to ten minutes difference in, in run times. So there are fourteen hot spots, fifteen hot spots. So it's obviously where you go to well, to have, hang out, and they have music and stuff pumping. So I think it'd be really cool, but it is going to be slower. So my uh, my mission of going sub nine has just got a little bit harder. Do you know what I'm hearing? Excuses. Yeah, I'm all I'm hearing excuses. is excuses. All I'm hearing is excuses. Week one of the of the, the journey to wrote, the first thing he talks about is the <laughs> Why it's not going to happen. <laughs> Basically, you're going to get 50 weeks of excuses, team. Yeah. That's what we're hearing here. Um, so anything ba- else you want to talk about? Basically, the main thing I wanted to talk about is if people want to 
follow any of my progress, I'm going to be logging that on coachjohnnewsome.com. I haven't got a standalone website any longer in terms of the, the build-up. And just under my blog, there will be the the rote training blog. I, have, I did quickly last night post up what I did last week. And I'll be putting in weekly posts in there that will have links to, to all my um, bike and run workouts and probably won't put the swim links up there but it'll link you off to training peaks so you can see the workouts that I'm doing you can see all the power outputs and all that sort of stuff and, uh, and feel free to ask me any questions on on what I'm doing and I'll bring them up on the show and do some periodic updates but to give you guys who like to hear what I'm up to um, some what I'm focusing on at the moment and you know for me wrote I know that I'll I'm pretty confident in my, my run abilities as long as I'm run fit. Yep. I'm pretty confident I can... So if you get through without injury, basically? Yep, as long as I do the run training, I'm pretty confident I'll be able to be knocking on the door of three hours. I was hoping I'd go sub three, but with the new course, I'm thinking that could be a little bit of a challenge, but I'm sort of pitching for around about that three-hour mark. Um, the swim, I'm not going to be as fast as what I was last time I went there when I did have an did amazing you, what, swim. What did you swim? I, was 40, I think it was like 48.30. Oh, wow. And and I was right up there out of the swim. I was, I think I was in the top 10, including wow. all the pros. So I had a very good swim. I had a great swim, swim that day as well. Uh, and, but realistically, I'll probably be a couple of minutes off where I was back then. I'm just not, not as fast in it these days. But the key thing for me is to be able to bike under five, you know, fairly comfortably under five hours mm. and need to probably be down sort of, 4.55 to 4.50 so my target at the moment is really knuckling down on my bike and actually working on doing some peak power work so I kind of had that epic camp base to work off and I got myself in pretty good shape came off that had a bit of a break so I sort of taken a couple of steps back but building back into it so what I'm doing at the moment is is really focusing on my riding trying to do sort of four to five rides per week and two to three of those rides are high quality rides so for example last week I did this ride which included 10 hill reps you know over Murray Ainsley Hill Bevan yeah nice so one side of the hill is about 45 seconds long the other side of the hill is about a minute 10 and it's basically maxing out as, as hard as you can going up those climbs and having good sort of three to four minutes rest and uh I've got to say the power output was actually pretty reasonable going mm. over there my 45 second ones were consistently over 500 watts was going this is okay was killing it killing it and then so that's one of my key bike sessions the other key bike bike session i do is a little bit of ftp work and a little bit of sort of half ironman work so my main set last week on that workout was four times through 10 minutes sort of moderately hard so best case scenario half ironman pace um, then a minute easy then five minutes around about ftp and two minutes easy so just over a, you know a little bit over an hour of uh, of consistent work there and then my third really hard session which was a bit of a failure on saturday morning was to do six times through two minutes 20 um at a very high intensity again and so I'm sort of pitching for 120-ish percent of FTP didn't really get there on Saturday but those are my sort of three key workouts and then I have a, a long ride on my Sunday and uh, one other ride during the week if I can long ride was abysmal on Sunday how long did you ride? Oh, it's just about three hours, 15. I was going to go four hours, but it was... Uh, <laughs> Did you give up? I didn't give up. I sort of had the option of going a little bit extra and I'd had a bit of a late night. And what did you say that night? Oh, I didn't go to the Les Mills party. Oh, I tell you, you missed out. Yeah. yeah. Did the girls think about going? No. Huh. No. So I went to, went to another, another, another little party. So that was my week. It was about sort of 12, 12, 13 hours last week. Another thing that I'm doing is Bevan's, uh, not Bevan's class, but I'm doing, really having a good focus on my core, doing two 30-minute core classes a week, sort of online. They are great, aren't they? They're very good. Yeah. 
Les Mills have a program called CX. Um, if, you, if you're close to a Les Mills gym, you can do it there. But one thing they actually do nowadays is they kind of have a Netflix version. So how much does that cost you? Um, it's costing Belinda through her membership. She, you got, I think you've got to be a member, and I think it's only in New Zealand, but it's nineteen ninety five a month. Okay, and so then five you, bucks get, a week. you get access to all um, the programs. All the there's like maybe for the core, there's maybe ten different workouts you can do up online. Yeah, and they'll improve over time. And it's it's it's, it's a great foundation workout. Like I do, I only do it once a week myself, but I do lots of core through my other workouts. I do, but because it's really good, because there's lots of lower back, the whole core region. Glute, knee, mm. you know, it's it's just a really, for running in particular, very good. it's a great workout, yeah, so I highly recommend it. And there's also yoga and stuff up there as well. <laughs> yeah, so you can get into it. Okay, Jonbo. Uh, so check it out on coachjohnnewsome.com and also I am going to have, I have actually got two coaching slots are going to open up at the end of November if anybody is looking for taking their racing to the next level next season. I've got two slots coming Ooh. up end of November. Go to that next level of Coach John Newsome. Okay, John, my first try with Tom, good old Matthew Crehan, and he's got still a relative newbie to triathlon. My first try was earlier this year. Wow, that's kind of nice cool. Work. So yeah, well done. After swimming intermediately for a little while, I slowly became interested in running, and eventually thought, why not combine them both? And everyone else can ride. Everyone can ride a bike, right? My intention was to enter one of the sprint triathlons held over the summer, but they kept falling on weekends when I couldn't do them. After getting frustrated with this, I decided to do the up the ante and register for G Long. 70.3 a week or so before the race. <laughs> Straight into a half Ironman. <laughs> nice work. Being pretty comfortable in the water, I wasn't too concerned with the swim. Just borrowed a wetsuit and went for it. The panic that ensued caught me off guard <laughs> and after being kicked and pushed and swallowing a mouthful of water, I decided to wait and let the pack move ahead, then carry on at my own pace. Coming out of T1, was a concern, I was concerned about what I thought would be a tiny changing area for so many competitors, but luckily for me, I seemed to be the only one who used it putting on my bike gear and my running shoes i jumped on oh so you rode in his running shoes nice there's a sensation i jumped on my 90k uh my 90s road bike with flat pedals wow nice you were stuck out like a sore thumb yeah man everyone went, oh look at that guy they probably thought you're doing retro you know <laughs> like oh look at this guy going retro um uh, the word aero was not a part of my vocabulary and having not tried any of the sports gels and bars before the race, I stuck to my pre-race sandwiches, <laughs> it's definitely old school, which I carried in a baggie on my cycling top. It would be pretty warm too, eh? Yeah. If you put it cheesy, you could be yeah. nice melted cheese sandwich. Uh, by the second lap uh, of the two-lap bike course, it was an absolute killer. I have to do that again. I distinctly remember thinking that when this was over, I was never going to do it again. But once the bike lead was over, and after another quick costume change, I began the run. I was so happy to be off the bike that running felt like a blessing. I kept myself... Kept telling myself I should slow down or I'll blow up and have to walk. But the crowd and the atmosphere carried me through and I was able to finish with a smile on my face. Now, well, I'm truly being bitten by the bug and I'm looking forward to racing Ironman New Zealand in 2017. The double step. He's not taking the uh, the John Newsom three-year no three three plan. plan. This is one-year plan. This is knock it out. That's cool when you get people that just go along go old school pretty naive and just go for it we don't see much of that anymore do we no everybody's got the lycra everybody's got the you know the tt bike and uh yeah really there's no real clip on aerobars nowadays you don't see that much you know when it comes to racing he would have stuck out like a sore thumb Mm. hopefully we'll neo Mm. you know the bright colors the big glasses maybe it could be your thing in ironman new zealand yeah (laughs) well matthew well done
Nice work. Play good work. Okay, John's sponsor. Athlinks.com. Oh, social networking for endurance athletes. So last night, Bevan, I went on there and I uh, put all my upcoming races in, in there. And the cool What's thing, the plan? Cool thing with Athlinks is then it'll tell me how many days I've got to go to my race. Oh. So I've got Challenge Wanaka. I'm going to go do the half down there. Um, all going to plan. 110 days till we go. Are yeah. you going down this year? Yeah, but I'm flying. Yeah. Yep, I'm flying. <laughs> And then uh, follow that up with 70.3 Hawaii, and that's... You're right there? You're right it's, it's Yep. I've got okay. a fever tablets before. I'm okay. 214 days away, and Bevan, 250 days to road. <sighs> so one of the things you can do on Athlinks, you can basically go in there and... But wait a second, he's also got... Okay, here we go. So John Newson, you got to, you can go to John Newson's page, you can look at his results. His, 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 his PR for Olympic triathlons, 155, pretty sharp. That, well, I think that was... Uh, yeah, a long time ago. Ironman, 8.51. Half. Oh, it could have been better than half. Yeah, haven't done fast Four eleven. Yeah. It's all right. 14.29 for a five. How yeah, accurate was that? Right. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's, that? yeah, that's like Higley relays or something. It's not 5K. <laughs> hey, it's all on Netflix. It must be true. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So, you know, you can see all his results and stuff. He's, you know, he's got his City Sky Challenge. You didn't compete in that one. I think I just had that in my calendar because I was organising it. Okay. You won the uh, Lake Crichton series? Last year. What was that? A little sprint race out in North Canterbury. Nice, you know. So you, you've won some races over time. Mm. You've won a lot. Just looking down. Looking, oh no, back in back in two thousand eight, you were on fire. You won the Christmas Cracker twice on the same day. Great, unbelievable that. And then you won the Avanti Plus Triathlon Sprint Series. It was in Nelson. Mm-hmm. What else you won? You've won the Surf and Turf Aquathon, Race Four. Yeah, you won that. The Shoe Clinic. Yo, that's what you won the Cross Half Marathon, didn't you? Remember that. You won the, Cater- oh, the wasn't, Canterbury Trail Half Marathon Champs. It wasn't the main one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 2007, what else you won? You won the Nelson Tri Sprint in 2000. So you've won a few races over the years. Mm. But then what you do is you go to his calendars and you go, oh, what's Newsome? He seems to know how to win a few races and he's going to be doing one. Okay, I'm better stay away from that race because he knows how to win it. But what he's got is he's telling us what his goal is. And he's got first time doing this half. I really want a strong ride from this race, but not strong that I crumble on the run. Exactly. You know, so, so now I know his strategy. So I go, okay, well, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll attack him on the ride. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then he's going to do Ironman 70.3 in, in Hawaii, which is in Kona. Mm-hmm. And he's got, I have second and third in my age group, time to do one better. So he's going to win this one. Because I've got the bowls. You get the bowls at the 70.3 oh. as well. And so I've got this large bowl for second, a tiny one for third. I need the collection. You need the big bowls, so then when we come around, big salad. Exactly. You know, that's right. Do you use the bowls for food? No, but you could do. They're quite quite handy. Yeah. And then we've got Challenge Road. I would love to break three hours on the run, but on the new <laughs> the excuse oh. is already there. New course, it might be tough. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> I love the excuse. He puts it out for Kona. Right, uh, let's just give myself a bit of leeway here. Yes. So you can do that. You can kind of put what you're doing for your races. It's very cool. And then you can go who he's following. And it's obviously I'll be on there. And then we've got rivals as well. And, and you can put some of his rivals on there as well. So get, get, get your races that you've got coming up, whether it be you know, an off-season marathon or whatever, and just get, get it up on Athlinks. <gasps> a bit of smackdown Quinton Fogarty. Yeah. He's beaten you in the rivals. He's the only person who's beaten you. Oh, no. Okay, you've got Tim Perkin. He beat you. BJ Christensen. He beat you. Rob Green. Beat you. Scott Bell. Beat you. No, Antonio we- Fredino. <laughs> A lot of those, I think, are from uh, from Kona. Yeah, definitely. You only raced them once, so this is Kona. So, so those, those you've only raced once. Lots of people you've beaten, but then the person you've raced more than once, and they've beaten you. So you've raced Quinton Fogarty. He beat me at seventy point three three times. It's two to one. Okay. Yeah, 
he's been, I need to get up to Auckland and do a bit more uh, ass kicking. He's an Aucklander, isn't he? 36? Mm-hmm. He's got a few years on you because yeah. you are in your 40s now. Mm. You know? uh, and then you've got Andrew Black. He's beaten you twice. You, you, you know, he's done all right. He's beaten you twice out of 10. Yeah, I would expect you to always be Andrew I've, Black. I've retired him. Oh. <laughs> What's he doing nowadays? I'm not sure. I haven't seen him for years. Oh, okay. And Phil Nader's has beaten you once. Where did he beat you? Kind of. Oh, the big race. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he might have 16 wins over the Phil Nader, but he beat you on the big day. Hey, he didn't have a great day either, but still he beat you. Okay. Uh, so if you want to, that's what's cool about Athlinks, guys. You can geek out. You can have a bit of fun with your friends. So check out athlinks.com. Okay, Jombo. Questions and answers. Okay, guys. This comes through from good old Emma, and she's got team. Probably your one millionth annoying email of the day, but here it goes. Yeah, we only get a million a day. So that's yeah, right, Emma too. Mackey. Emma Mackey. As you're aware, it's, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, were you aware, John? Absolutely. Yeah, I wasn't so sure on that one. Uh, to help raise awareness, my friend and I are doing the Pink Spring Spin, a seven-day, 2,100-kilometre bike ride from Cape to Bluff, that's 150k each day. Uh, just over nine years ago, to the dot, my mum, a young, fit female, healthy female, got diagnosed many people fear cancer, breast cancer. My amazing mummy took the book thrown at her to save her life. Uh, mesqu- How do you say that one? Uh, I, I'm not very good at reading big words. Uh, chemo, basically, chemo, radiology. She was pretty, it was a pretty tough time. It was a tough time mentally and physically for a woman who was so full of life. It proved to me that anyone is at risk, but it also proved that anyone can fight no matter what the odds. My mum thought to win, and because of that, she is still here today, living and loving life to the full. Thanks to the care and treatment she received, she gets a second chance to be my mum, and I am proud to say is making the most of every single moment of that. This challenge is going to be hard, and we're going to have tough days and good days. We are going to have a battle in our minds and our saddle sores for 2,100 kilometres, but it's nothing compared to the suffering and the fight that I saw um, my mother go through like many others. She didn't just give up, and I won't either. They've got to give a little page, and uh, this is our page, and we would really like to get as much promotion as possible to raise $10,000, our $10,000 target. I want to raise as much money as possible so that other people get a second chance to live again and give cancer the heave-ho permanently. Therefore, we need as much exposure as possible, so could you give us a little bit of a mention? And I'll put a link to their give a little page on www.iamtalk.me, and you can also follow them on their Facebook page. They've actually they're finished. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. And they're up to seven thousand three hundred ninety-eight dollars. So they've got to get a, you know, a few more dollars to get to their t- their ten thousand dollar target. So what they've basically done is written the length of New Zealand, which we did in yeah, Epic Camp. Oh, Epic I Camp, and uh, but they did it as a, a bit, as a team of two. So I think they were kind of splitting it up a little bit. But they've got a picture of them at Bluff, which is the bottom of the South Island, the the furthest point. And there's all these signs saying so Sydney this way, Hobart this way, and uh, they're chowing down on a big bottle of bubbles. And uh, they've done it, and it's, it's no mean feat. It's a bloody long way, and you, the New Zealand roads are pretty tough. And so well done to Emma Mackey and her mate for, uh, for making it. And if you do want to support them, I'll put a link to www.imtalk.me. It's going to a great cause. It'd be quite a cool to help them get to that $10,000 mark. It's a big effort, isn't it? Mm. How were you after that camp? Well, on your scale of camps, where'd that fit? Uh, it was a little bit different because you weren't, you know, like in France and some of the other ones, you kind of go for it on the points competition and go okay. a bit nuts. Whereas this one, it was more of a, a little bit more of a tour. I don't recall doing, it was, it was certainly a few people were doing bonus stuff, no yeah. doubt about that. And you certainly took advantage of some of the main set things, but it was more of a tour and uh, than 
than, than some of the other ones. So it was still really challenging and you certainly, I think the main, the biggest challenge with that one was you were bit over moving point to point for 15 days in a yeah, row. Yeah, because it's the, it's the transferring of life mm. each day that's the hard thing, isn't it? We didn't have any two-day stopovers. It was moving point to point every day. Jeez, so I imagine your supporters must have been shit. We had two. We had two crew. We had a crew for the North Island crew and then oh, the South Island crew. Oh, that's a good idea. So Dr. Feelgood, he he went the whole the whole hog, but then we kind of swapped it out a little bit at halfway. So um, it was great. It was really, really good. Um, but that moving every day was yeah, a bit over that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, that's pretty awesome work, Emma, and uh, keep up the good work. Uh, John Patrons. We've got two new patrons uh, this oh, so week. I given the nicknames. Oh, you, I've got to pass them by you. Okay. To, yep. Will I pass them? Simon Early. You would have met him. I don't think you did an interview. I asked you to do an interview with him in Canterbury. I don't think you did. He was on the camp with us. English guy. His wife was over oh, there. Oh, the talker. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Great guy. <laughs> Character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I was going to go somewhere along the... Um, I didn't... I, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get as many epic camp interviews. I was kind of just so consumed with everything else. But sorry about that for those on the camp who I didn't get interviews with. So Simon Early, he was he was a good uh, a good runner as well. Yeah, like in, in Aquathon Challenge, mm-hmm. which I got second to. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm staring about that one. But no, in the Equathon Challenge, I, 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 the guy in front of me was miles ahead, but I got in front of, uh, in front of everyone else pretty quickly, and then I kind of pulled off a little bit, but I turned around, and he wasn't far behind me, and I mm. thought, cheapest script, I better make sure I kind of finish this thing. And he did a, uh, when he did the, the run from the Energy Lab back to town, he just g- gassed it, really? apparently. Really? He was running a pretty decent pace, so he's a good runner. And so I thought, uh, Trotter. Because he trots along really nicely, so trotter. I thought there'd be something about talking here. Yeah, I was going to... Motor mouth? could have gone motor mouth or something like that. Yeah, but, come um, on, it's got to be motor mouth. He expects it. You know right now he's listening to this. And he's going, come on team, it's, it's the talking I want to hear about. <laughs> you might be a faster, we don't care about your running. And I'm sure everyone who knows Simon and his community, motor mouth will be the appropriate. Because trotter could... You, you could give trotter a bit of a hard time, mm. but... Come on, motor mouth's the one. Okay, yeah. motor mouth. Motor mouth it is. You know it, Simon, and don't deny it. No one call him Trotter. And so there's the, the, the motor mouth, Simon Early. Yeah. And second one, uh, Ben Cobra. I was kind of... He's the one who's doing the 24-hour challenge. Yes. Yeah. So you had a couple of angles you could go here for a nickname. You had the 24-hour challenge. So yeah. he's inflicting quite a bit of pain on himself. Yeah. He also does some, some coaching as well. Yep. Uh, so you're inflicting pain on others. But you could have also gone, I think this is how you pronounce your surname, Cobra. You could have kind of gone down the... the was it uh, Colborough? No, Cobra. It's a funny no. spelling of it, isn't it? Yeah. It was funny spelling of the surname. Wait, so what does Apple say? So, but I was thinking Cobra, it sounded a bit like a snake sort yeah, of angle. Yeah. So you could have gone the snake angle. Cobra. <laughs> it sounds German to me. <laughs> uh, but he's also, his Ben is B-E-N-N. It's almost... Uh, yeah. So, but I thought I thought I'd go down the coaching angle and also the fact that he's doing that crazy. Is it three iron distances in one day? Is or it something? halves or something? I think three. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so the inflictor. I think it's four halves in one day. Yeah, it was because it was two iron in one day. I think mm, you're right. Yeah, the inflictor. That's pretty full on day. Mm. Is that nickname okay? Appropriate? Yeah, no, I like the inflictor. Oh. That's great, Ben, and I'm sure he'd be pretty happy with that one. But you, Simon. Motor mouth, I'm not sure if he'll be happy with, but he knows it. We can have Trotter if you don't like it. Simon, let me know. No, he knows it. Simon, you're loving it. when You're, you're in your, yeah, because he drives trucks, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, so you're in your truck right now. I know you're listening. <laughs> and you're going, yep, that's me. And he was just looking in the mirror and give himself a bit of a smile. Yep, I'm motor mouth. Mm. Yeah, very good. Okay. If you want to become a patron of the show, guys, you go to dub, 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 I am talked up me. Cheap as it means a lot for us that you do this and it actually supports us a lot in the work that we do on the show. Also, there's kind of different levels of um, rewards based on how much you are. A patron, and uh, and as as people have said in the past, 
back in the old days we bought magazines and today we kind of listen to podcasts as a way of kind mm. of consuming and for us out there riding our bikes and running it's a really good way to kind of help us in our training and the amount of money you'd spend on a magazine maybe is maybe what you want to chuck towards the show and it's a really kind of cool way of thinking about it so if you aren't one already go to www.iamtalk.me and uh, it's all pretty obvious on the page Chombo mm. sponsors Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. <clears throat> and uh, you know who you are. You're amazing. Jumbo, what you got? So you went out partying? Uh, yeah, it was just a, bit, a little <clears throat> bit of a night out. Halloween theme. Oh, and have you got a photo? No, I don't. Huh. Well, no, it, was, well, it wasn't a Halloween theme. It was naughty or nice. What? Naughty or naughty nice? Naughty or nice. So, uh, well, you would have gone nice. I mean, it's Hugh Hefner. Oh, naughty guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> naughty. Did you have that so escort? Sorry? The escort? No, I didn't. I just oh. I just kind of had a like a silk dressing gown type okay, thing. Okay, nice. And I was really disappointed that Belinda, she, she dressed, she was going to go as a slapper. Oh, okay. She well, didn't. Any photos? She, no, <laughs> she didn't. She, What'd she go as? She went as an angel. Um, <coughs> oh, that's a bit disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. And your your gym mate was there as well. Which um, one's that? Jeff the Ref? No, female, and she does quite a bit of the yoga classes. Uh, Anna? No. No, she was at the party. And she's got a couple of kids. Uh, Jim, mate, who does yoga oh. classes. A couple of kids. How would I... That doesn't I've forgotten the name now. I, I, I've I met her several times. Oh, that's Shocky John. Yes, it is. Is she a teacher? Yes. <coughs> she's got a couple of kids. She's got a PhD in genes, uh, genetic stuff as well. It's PhD in genetics. I'm pretty sure she's got a PhD. A gym and teaches yoga. And, and, and she does some of the dance ones. Oh, God, this is terrible. It's Anna. No, it's not. Is she at a triathlon? No. And she lives in Kashmir somewhere. She's been, was in the UK for a long time. Oh, oh, oh Louise. Yes, Lou. Oh, Lou. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, yeah. they went the full hog with their. Oh, really? Steps. They had the scars and everything on there and the blood and. Yeah. yeah well, good. the thing is nowadays, Halloween costumes are pretty phenomenal. Mm. And she said there was a Les Mills party. She said Bevan will be out there cranking it at the Les Mills party. <laughs> she's a good chick. She's she's pretty she's a pretty sharp woman. She is. Mm. Hey, she's mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's an old doctor. She, mm. Yeah, but she doesn't really promote it. No. I might promote that crap, man. If I was a doctor, the whole world, I'd have a tattoo on my forehead, <laughs> Dr. Bevan. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, well, I had my Les Mills party. You did go? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, you know what? I normally don't really like them. Mm. I normally, like, uh, gotta, you know, because it's kind of, it's, it's a bit like work, mm. you know, because you're going in a role, because we're in a role where we're kind of, figureheads of the business and so you yeah. kind of go but then I thought no I'm going to go and I'm kind of bad I went because it, as much as I thought it was going to be like work it's actually you spend quite a bit of time with these people and they're good fun and so we rocked a bit more dancing gone oh, last yeah. two months I've danced more in the last I haven't the last five years great so it was kind of cool rocked up and danced for a little bit and then uh, but it wasn't a late night I was home at 11.30 yep got a, got, a, got an ice cream on the way home mm. what's your favourite ice cream if you're going to stop at the petrol station and grab an ice cream what are you going to get uh, Memphis Meltdown with the uh, caramel. Lamp. Oh, got to put it in your pocket for about three or four minutes to soften it up a little bit. I, I go with the Memphis Meltdown, the gooey, the gooey raspberry. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm. love myself a Memphis Meltdown, but they didn't have a Memphis Meltdown. Mm. So I went for the colossal trumpet. Right, trumpet's good. Yeah, trumpets are good. Yeah, yeah. Weather today in Christchurch, clear and sunny, a little bit cool. The, we haven't done a weather report for a while, no, just so people get one out there. I think high of. 18 degrees. What have I got you got? What have I got you got? What other gossip have I got? Um, school, we had a school fair on Saturday. Now, I knew school. about the school fair because we had our runners on Saturday morning and it was a pretty crappy morning. Yeah, and one of our runners goes, look, because we were running at, starting at Henson Park. Mm -hmm. And so one of our runners said, look, school fear is happening around the corner. Do you mind if I do a bit of promo? Eh, go for it. So she did the promo 
and it was a pretty miserable morning. I, think, I don't think I'm going to ever run as a head into the sphere afterwards. Oh, so I, I went down at 8.30 to help set up, and it's your worst nightmare. You know, school fairs, lots of outside stuff. It was the day before was 24 degrees, yeah, great, 22 great school degrees. Fair, yep. it, was, it was awesome. And then the morning, it was, during the night, it was pissing out. I went, oh, I was I went horrible running during at, the night. I went night. running at 5.15, and it was dark and cold yeah. and lonely. And, uh, <laughs> so where was Phil? Uh, Phil was in bed, and, uh, <laughs> and then I went down to help set up at eight thirty for the for the fiesta, and so I thought we live two minutes about six hundred maybe eight hundred meters from the school, uh, maybe six 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 hundred, yep. and I thought kids we're going in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it was passing down. By the time we pulled up, I was, get jackets on, kids. And when we stepped out of the car, it stopped raining, and uh, it didn't rain again. It was yeah, great. it was, it was fine. It was pretty decent. But did many people go to, or did it put yeah, people yeah. off? Yeah, oh, yeah, good. No, it was good turnout. So that was a cool fear. What yeah. were you? Did you help out at the fear? Yeah, I was. I, I helped set up the waffles, and I was the first person there to set it up. So I said, "Someone's got a taste test of waffles." Oh, of course. But isn't there carbs in waffles? How's it? How's it? How's your new strategy of? I got an email from someone this week going, John's new strategy of eat less is gold. gold. I, had, I had an email as well. Someone and someone said they went and they a race and Raylut was there, not I think it was Michael, Michael Raylut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, How'd you get so skinny? And he said, Eat less. <laughs> there you go, you heard it on our podcast first. He's stealing our ideas. <laughs> Michael Vice, he's got nothing. I mean Michael Raylut, he's got nothing on us. The eat less is actually So going. how many waffles did you have? I only had one waffle. Are you a big fan of waffles? No, but something you do, you know. When you're yeah, I don't get the waffle. Mm. You know, like I had plenty of cream and sauce on mine. You so need lots of that. What is it? What's maple syrup or, or sauce? Yeah, cream, mm. bit of bacon, and banana. Oh, it's a good combo. That, you're going down that combo. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it didn't have a very good low carb day on Saturday, but that's fine. But what about rest, French toast? French toast is all right. Yeah. Oh, like cinnamon and sugar. Mm. But oh. in general, the eat less and the low carb approach is, is working well. How much weight do you need to lose? It's coming off. It's coming off. I, I just I, do the grab test. The flab grab, the, the stomach flab grab is my... How often do you flab grab? Pretty regularly. <laughs> yeah, probably more regularly than I do. I always thought you were reaching down for something else when you put your hand down there every day. <laughs> <laughs> what about this week? What's happening? This week is time to get exam two weeks' time. Last lecture today. <gasps> and then done for the year? Yeah. Oh, you'll be looking forward to that, won't you? Yeah. And is the exam going to be hard? Uh, I kind of did pretty well in the, the assessment. So we, have a, we had a 40% assessment. Kind of nailed that, so there's nice not a lot of pressure for the exam. Hey, but you want to get A's, don't you? You do want to get A's. And so the question I have for you then is, how do you study for an exam? What's your process? I'm, I mean, I want to learn as much as I can, so I am in the in, the, in this not just for, for getting the marks, but at the same time, you got to work <laughs> the system, and you. But it's oh, for sure. It's 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 really the study that I do at the moment. It's really well thought out. Some of the papers is each lecture. You've got your objectives. Okay, so you know what you're and trying you to go, learn. That's what I need to learn. Yep. And so there's low, and that's just the problem with nutrition. It, you start studying something, and all of a sudden, it just opens a can of worms yeah, about all it, yeah. these other interlinking things. But I just go back. The objectives can answer those questions. What, what, the, what have you enjoyed most that. learning this year? Um, I don't know, Bevan. Um, so what we're doing at the moment is just all your micronutrients yep. and just how they all interlink and stuff. It's just, it's amazing. But it really just come, keeps coming back to the same things is you eat plenty of vegetables um, and probably the area that's that I didn't realise there was as much nutrients as there is 
is in, in, in an area where a lot of people, I think, probably ignore is in your legumes and also in your nuts and seeds. So that's yep. an area where I've probably made a, a shift in my nutrition this year is to have more nuts, more seeds. And uh, we're kind of fortunate that with Thomas, we do eat quite a few legumes. But yep. um, pinto beans keep coming up as a really good source of lots of different micronutrients. Okay. Um, so I'm going to have more pinto beans. Oh. <clears throat> and the one thing... If you do want to make sure you cover all your micronutrients, the thing that is off the charts on so many different levels is livers. How, how, how many people eat liver? I've never actually even had one, John, because it yeah. looks so gross. Yeah. Yeah. But you have some liver, mate, you're just, you're just covering, ticking off just about every single macronutrient. I'm like you. I've, I've, um, my mum used to do, not livers, but steak and kidney pie. Okay. But livers, I don't think I've really had that. No. But... Um, Massively nutritious. It's funny how some things seem gross, but we eat other parts. Mm. You know, like it's just what we're conditioned to. Mm. You know, it's kind of even the the meats that we eat, but based on cultures, is a funny thing, isn't it? Mm. Okay, well there you go. Well, good luck for you. What's happening in your week? Uh, what's happening in my week? Um, oh. You see, mum, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. That was well yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, Barbie this weekend. Oh. The drummer's left the band, John. Oh, no. <laughs> the, drummer's, oh. the drummer's left the bloody band. <laughs> God, bloody drummer's. Why? I think he's not. He's got no money. Right. This, this is my prediction. Because he's, he's a great guy, great drummer. And as a dynamic as a band, it was awesome. And we've just finished recording. So, like, we've done the hard yards. Now he, you he's out. not looking down the tunnel going, this is money coming back at no, me. No, and... Um, and he's just at 30. I think he wants to start buying, saving for a house and stuff. And, and to be honest... The band isn't that much money, but it, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. to put a band, put an album together, it cost us a few hundred dollars. So, um, I think that that's the only reason I can think of. I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it, but mm. so, and, and to be honest, he was a great guy and he was a great drummer. But Dave and I are the key to the band, so the band will go on. Yeah, but we've got to find a new drummer. But oh my god, drummers! Do you have to interview interviews. Uh, it was just probably, it was a bugger because Chris was a really good fit for the band mm. and because we auditioned some other drummers in the past and they were great drummers but you got to have the fit because you got to if if, mm. if it goes anywhere you're going to be hanging out with these people a lot so you want to like mm. them and so um yeah so if anyone wants to move to Christchurch and you're a drummer <laughs> and join the next biggest band in the world yeah um, cuz we were recording the recordings we were pretty happy with our recording mm. so yeah oh, the pen's been life is a music what's that you got there have you got have you got a stride yet no i haven't can you get us ones? Yeah, I should be able to hook that up. Yeah, hook us up. Yeah. You, yeah. I want to I try it. No, I know the distributor in Christchurch. Oh, there you go. Mm. Good times. What do they cost? Don't know. Google it. By the way? By the way, what? Oh, that's not a song. It's not the version I wanted. <laughs> you can do... Oh, it's America. It's America. Iron Rusts. I mean, don't. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Give me two seconds. Oh, yeah. You hear a song? Yeah. You can do magic. You can do anything that you desire. Got the Who karaoke version. America. Oh, America. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we're going to do our Legends show now, Bevan. Okay. Kia kaha. What is it? I'm Russ. Let me know. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia kaha.